Coming up this week on Sporting Journal Radio. I hit that thing. I thought, holy hell, it was going to break loose. This guy turned around. <laughs> I thought he chopped me up. They, they called me and asked me, hey, Joel, we got this guy who's with the largest fishing magazine in Europe. Would you take him fishing? I fish, I hunt, and always will. Broadcasting from the Prairie Sportsman Studios. Presented by OnX. Know where you stand with OnX. <clears throat> We're not just a radio show anymore. Heck yeah. This is Sporting Journal Radio. That's right. Welcome to the show. I'm Brett Amundsen along with Dan Amundsen and David Eckhart. How you fellas doing? Doing good. Hey. Got a fun... Did you have something to say there? No, you cut me off. I forgot. Fun <laughs> show for you this week. Pat Calmerton is going to join us. Also, Joe Henry. We'll talk about how the walleye opener was for uh, for everybody. Uh, we'll talk about why you might want to plan a trip to Horicon Marsh, either in the fall or maybe in the spring. And we'll talk about minnow farming. It's all coming up this week on this show. Dan, who are the sponsors? This week we have... There's the video. I think it's playing on X. Know where you stand with on X live target lures match hatch this summer at LiveTargetLures.com. Lake of the woods, tourism, plan a trip to the walleye capital of the world, Lake of the woods at Lake of the woods, MN.com. Hey, Bell Heights campground and resort book a trip to devils like North Dakota. Learn more at HayBellHeights.com. Alclair audio, save your hearing in the field next fall with Alclair. Learn more at AlclairOutdoors.com. Ottertail Lakes Country. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. And Prairie Sportsman, we forgot to change this video. But the, <laughs> the new season's over, but you can watch all of those episodes on the Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel or prairiesportsman.org. Dot org, yes. And, and the beauty of that, too, Dan, actually, depending on where you are and what PBS station you have, uh, the new episodes might just be starting for you. Well, on this is true. PBS station. So the new season is currently going on. We've wrapped it up on uh, Pioneer PBS, but you can watch them now on the YouTube channel. All right, man, we are dealing with some smoke. There's a lot of wildfires going on in uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan right now. I couldn't believe it when I, I walked outside. Let's see what day the Thursday morning I walked outside and it smelled like there was a campfire in the yard. It's crazy how smoky it is outside. You could smell the smoke. And I don't know if we have the graphic I'm from working on it from Canada there, Dan. I kind of threw this one at him, but um, Lots of wildfires burning up there. I think, what did you say? There was like 20 in Saskatchewan and 400 something in Alberta. I'm pulling up the Alberta. Yeah, 488 current year wildfires. Okay, I guess there's only 93 active ones. I'm looking at this now. Um, Hang on here. Uh, Here it is. You can look at it there. So they're not super far north. Well, they're starting to creep a little further north, but a lot down in that part of Alberta. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's kind of like the central part, central or southern part. There's Lake Athabasca up in the corner. Yeah. And we're watching that corner up there where Tazan Lake is. Ice-free Tazan Lake, by the way. Yeah, they opened June 14. We're heading up at the end of July. Cannot wait to get back up to Tazan Lake Lodge for world record-sized lake trout, 50-inch northern pike and more. Find out more at tazanlake.com. Uh, uh, Dan, you just spent the last, well, I don't know, five, six days fishing around northern Minnesota. You bet. I fished every day of the season up until Thursday. I think unless I snuck out Thursday I guess I don't know if I did or not hard to keep track um, yeah I did <laughs> it is or it's because the show's pre-recorded and it's not <laughs> Thursday evening yet <laughs> but you still got time there's still time um but uh, here, when you get images like this from your day you know you're having fun you're catching a lot of walleyes we did a few of the biggest lakes and I consider some of the best lakes in the world we did Winnie Saturday or I should say no I did Leech Saturday Winnie Sunday Red Monday and then Lake of the Woods I spent a little bit of time at Lake of the Woods and uh, caught a bunch of fish learned some things had some ups had some downs but jig it was it's a jig bite I love a jig bite Um, found some decent fish no monsters but um, it was a it was a good time and anytime it's a good jig bite and it's all on film so it'll be coming to the fish hunt forever youtube channel so you can check it out there but um, northern minnesota is full of just super awesome lakes and i thought of how cool it is that i got to just drive within an hour or two of each of those lakes and be hitting another top tier lake walleye lake i I would say in the world i know there's really good lakes out in you know the columbia river in washington lakes in canada lake erie but to have this many solid lakes in one region is is pretty special, and I think we take it for granted a lot in Minnesota. Tell us how you caught those fish on red. Jig and a plastic or a minnow, but the coolest part was live scope. And I'll have some footage of this, but um, I didn't start this way. I started just by kind of trolling around with a crankbait or something. Um, 
looking for fish on my live scope. I have my live scope mounted on the trolling motor, so I would just pan back and forth, and I'd see fish, I'd hit spotlight, and then I'd just fan cast around, and I was picking away at fish with that. And then my buddy, John Crumzik, hopped in the boat, and he's like, here, this is how we did it the other day. And we just drifted with the wind. We weren't tied to a certain depth. We just drifted around, panned around. That's be, because he didn't have an anchor anymore. <laughs> no, no, I had my I had my anchor at that point. Um, but we just drifted around and be, oh, there's a bait ball, there's three fish and we'd pitch at them and you'd get better you wouldn't and then we'd move on to the next and just keep drifting around look for fish cape three feet that way cast and we'd double up or we'd cast and we'd get one or we'd cast and miss and get zero and um, caught a few crappies too so the crappies are still there they're a little trickier to get the bite but um, red is absolutely on fire um, that bite will be slowing down here in the next few days i'm sure but it was one of my better days of walleye fishing we'll put it that way you're uh, really putting the the new boat through the through its paces. Yeah. yeah, it hasn't broke yet, so I think <laughs> think it's all right. But just just some dead batteries. Well, yeah. Um, when you leave your live well lights on and uh, <laughs> have a oh, have, that's what happened. Yeah, so I, I left the live well lights on. I didn't know I turned them on. It was just accidental. And then I had a I have a graph wired in there too, and that was running all day. And I didn't use my outboard much. And uh, I think I might have been charging some GoPro batteries off that too. So <laughs> it just. Uh, all of a sudden you look and you see your graph reading eight volts it's not going to start <laughs> well watch for the video coming to the fish hunt forever youtube channel and uh david i wanted to show you this so i was at my parents and my dad's like hey so your brother was over here and he got one of my 22s and he wanted to go plink around with it i don't think i'm getting it back so why don't you take this gun I'm like heck yeah so it's a single shot 28 gauge nice look at this and we uh, just got demonetized on youtube yeah yeah <laughs> i'm kidding it is uh partner model s p something something or other uh new england firearms so check it out though hold it yeah that thing's <laughs> see how awesome. small it is yeah tiny <clears throat> just i'll bring it over to you and you can just sit there with it new england firearms i have a newer version the partner pump Man, 28s are small. Hold it up. Yeah, look how small well, like, shoulder it. Put it yeah, on your shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> it's like holding a BB gun. Yeah, it really is. This it's, is like the same size as a Red Rider. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that be a fun rabbit gun, though, for your rabbit oh. hunt? Besides the single, the single shot. shot. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, there are guys that bring the, a single shot 410, which I have seen kill a rooster which was unbelievable yeah well that's the first gun i used was a single shot 410 and it's about the same size as that 28 gauge right there but it's a sharp I, looking little gun though it's cool like i want to put it just put it on the wall but i kind of want to try to shoot a pheasant with it next fall do oh, you think you sure. could kill a turkey with it david <laughs> i guarantee i could miss one <laughs> pretty sports an episode go watch it Although this thing probably doesn't shoot left and right. <laughs> or shoot. It might. <laughs> it might, yeah, but it's more likely to shoot dead center. So I'm pretty excited about that little gun right there. That was kind of a fun new addition to the uh, to the gun safe. Do you uh, know what year it is? Uh, you know what? I just got it. I honestly haven't done, done any digging on it at all. Um, <laughs> My dad was into coins, and he was doing a coin buy, and this woman, his, her husband had passed away. So he's over there, you know, buying coins, and he sees this gun in the corner, and he's like, well, how much for the shotgun, or what's the story with that? And she's like, oh, you know, he just had it behind the door, you know, all the time. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, you can buy that, too. So he bought that, and then called me up. He's like, do you want a single-shot 28-gauge? <laughs> yeah sure do so i didn't really want i wanted a 28 gauge but i didn't really like the single shot is it's kind of a novelty really more than anything it's right just, just kind of neat but kind of a fun gun there um david i was over in uh at horicon and we're going to talk more about horicon mars if you know about horicon you know it's kind of a cool area um if you don't know about it it's the largest freshwater cattail slough uh cattail marsh in the united states Thirty-two thousand acres it's in uh, southeast wisconsin pat calmerton and i were out there this past weekend we're going to talk more about that with pat coming up later in the show but david we were there seeing whooping cranes and i was telling you off air about seeing whooping cranes because i thought that was pretty cool and you had a whooping crane story yeah so uh my cousin's husband they live out in central South Dakota. And I don't remember. It was 
must have been Christmas. He was telling us the story, and uh, there was one killed on their land. Oh, boy. And it was, it turns out, I mean, the FBI was out there doing tire tread prints. And Jeez. Yeah, it was a big deal, and there was a, re- a reward for information, and, and uh, but yeah. It ended I mean, up, there's only 800 of them in the world, yeah. so I'm not surprised that there was some investigation. It ended up being some farmhand, not one of theirs, I don't think, but like some 26 year old kid just shot it with a rifle out of the tractor and <laughs> I guess the, that's the story but yeah it was a $85,000 fine oh, wow. I think it might be more more money than if you shot an eagle I think that's like 50000 Wow, <laughs> so. that's crazy I mean when you think about it there's a lot of bald eagles out there now obviously they're very protected uh, but whooping cranes and first of all oh, they all got transmitters yeah, every and every one of them is gps tracked yeah like when they come through that area they shut down all the wind towers and everything and they just want to protect them and yeah and that was back in 2012 it got shot so it's been over a decade but yeah well, still pretty crazy let that be a lesson to you don't shoot whooping cranes they're pretty cool if you like sandhill cranes and to me sandhill cranes are awesome these are just like albino sandhill cranes pretty much so um, you think about it, they got no camo. What do they sound like? They sound very similar to Sandhills. Do they really? Yeah. Oh, I it, thought they'd have like a whoop. Like, what? Where's the name come from? Now? <laughs> That's like, a good question. Like, I thought, sure. I literally thought they, you know, flying around whoop whoop. It's uh, it's yeah, like a like a Sandhill crane, but just a little bit different. David, we could see you when you raised your hand. Nope. I think my camera died. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's oh frozen you're frozen. Up. Okay. I thought we could see. <laughs> nope, well, that's why I raised my hand. While well. he fixes that, uh, I want to say one more thing about that being over in Horicon. We, uh, we also had the chance to film some turkey hunts over there, and we just kind of fell into some turkey hunts. And, Dan, before you fix that, why don't we roll this turkey video? Uh, David, thank you very much. We'll talk with uh, Pat Calmerton and Joe Henry coming up in just a little bit. And this year I got to, I got to uh, hunt with the new Sitka Equinox turkey vest, oh, and no. here's what I thought of it. Live Target, the leader in Match the Hatch, is back with new lures that also match the action. Introducing the Live Craw. The Live Craw is irresistible to bass, walleye, and other freshwater species. FTEX winner, the ultimate frog, looks and acts just like a swimming frog. With an exposed ultra point mustad hook and replaceable legs, the ultimate frog has two styles, two sizes, and eight colors. And ICAST and FTEX winner, the live shrimp mimics a fleeing shrimp for saltwater anglers. Coming soon from Live Target. Northern Minnesota's Walleye Factory is a year-round world-class fishing destination. The perfect getaway this summer is just a short drive to Lake of the Woods. Fish Big Traverse Bay, the Rainy River, or visit the unique Northwest Angle. To catch big fish, you have to go where the big fish are. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com. All right, so last week I had a chance to go over and spend time at the largest freshwater cattail marsh in the U.S. It's Horicon Marsh, and it's uh, just south of Lake Winnebago by uh, Waupon, Wisconsin. And I spent time over there with Pat Calmerton, who joins us now on the show. Pat, how you doing? I'm good. Yourself? Long time no see, bud. Yeah, I know. I feel like we just uh, just spent like four days to get together the whole time. Seeing a pretty cool place. Uh, I'd never been over to Horicon. You've obviously spent uh, quite a bit of time over there. Your dad uh, worked kind of in that region. That's a neat area over there. It is. It's a jewel of its own. You know, you have every uh, every opportunity to enjoy every resource that it has to offer. And I, I mean, as you, we've seen it in four days. You know, the the time that we were there, the the different things that we've we came across was pretty impressive. So it's 32,000 acres, a third of it's managed by Wisconsin, two thirds of it managed by the feds. And it's, you know, uh, the town of Horicon is on the south end, uh, the city of Wupon is on the north end. It's not far from Fond du Lac and Winnebago. It's like an hour from Milwaukee. So it's, it's a chance to kind of spend some time and see some wilderness, uh, see some wildlife, see a lot of birds, a lot of birding takes place there. there's a big birding festival that just took place there last weekend obviously it's a big thing for hunters it's kind of a historic staging area for canada geese but we ate while we were there pat way too much food 
as well. I mean, that was kind of part of our deal to see uh, what else you could do. I mean, they wanted us to promote tourism to the area. So it was like, what, where can you stay? What can you do here? And uh, I think like that, yeah, here's a video of Goose, Goose Candy that we went to. Uh, I, I think I, I think just walking in there, I might've put on a few pounds, but I didn't want to leave when we were in there, Pat. Well, those jelly bellies were calling your name the minute we got out of the car. <laughs> right. you, know, you walk through the door and they have a, abundance of jelly bellies to play with and then you get over to the ice cream i mean they had what for i don't know 12 tubs of ice cream or something to choose from and then they had all the all the different fudges and and candies and i, I don't know i you say uh you say you, you might have gained weight by looking at it well i certainly had to try everything in there so <laughs> i know that i gained weight I can't you know, believe you didn't bring me any ice cream back. Right? I, well, that would have been tough. I was going to bring, they gave us some pretzels, uh, some like flavored pretzels, like pizza pretzels. And there was some, a uh, lot of like all that popcorn. Yeah, there's the pizza pretzels right there. And then all the popcorn. I was going to try to bring some candy back and it just, none of it survived. Like none of it survived the drive back, first of all. But most of it got eaten in the hotel room pretty much at about 1 a.m. one of the nights. Uh, most of the popcorn pretzels got, got chewed up, but that was, uh, it was a cool place. And, um, we, uh, we also got to see, I didn't go over there expecting to see any turkey hunts, Pat, and we filmed two of them while we were over there. Well, well, and that all came about from the old fella that was sitting up on, uh, on the overlook. I mean, (laughs) we pulled up, so on the West side, you know, you're probably going to go into this more, but on the West side of Lake Winnebago. Um, it, it's it's all goofy, man. It's one of them where one side versus the other side, you got a lot more viewing area. Um, and we we pulled up to one of the one of the viewing areas, and up on the top there was an old boy that was kind of looking off in the la la land. And you know, I we pulled up, and I was expecting him to be looking at the, the marsh, you know, look at the the feathers and stuff, looking around out on the lake and seeing what kind of species of ducks and waterfall that you could see and he was off looking at the woods of like, what in the world and then his commentator started you know <laughs> yeah. hey, listen to this i mean listen to this guy just go back and forth on the phone call that he was on it was one of them where i think that we were both in agreement that it was probably three hours away from pulling the trigger if it was going to happen but we had to be back to listen to the rest of his story I just, mean, yeah, we wanted to film the hunt and just have him narrate the hunt just because of <laughs> yeah. how hilarious it was, how he was, oh, there's three Toms down. He was telling his buddies that you guys got to get out here. There's three Toms. Oh, hell, they're going this way now. Oh, they're going that way. Like just listening to him was hilarious. The Paul Allen at turkey hunting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah, I, I bet you he had probably, you know, he had a lineup of locals sitting there waiting for this poor bastard to pull the trigger that was that was all hunting it was uh it was it was something to behold yeah so i don't know dan if there's any way i can get you something to pull up to showcase this but if you pull up that story that i have on sportingjournalradio.com i can uh, do that the sunset picture at the top of the article is the overlook that he's talking about and that actually took that picture during like i think right right after the turkey hunter i can't remember during it we sat there for like three hours trying to watch him shoot this turkey and if you look at this picture and if you click on it you should be able to enlarge the photo don't tell me what to do (laughs) so we're up here (laughs) in this overlook there's spotting scopes that people can use to try to see the water and there's a closer pond too but there's the big marsh and you can look out over it and see all these birds and everything but if you look down and they just burned so this big hillside that laid below us was all real short grass so you could see everything and down at the very bottom in that corner there might even be turkeys in that photo i can't tell anymore but where you see those dark spots by the willows down there that's where those turkeys were and so we sat there for three hours watching these guys with a decoy trying to hunt these turkeys and the turkeys went completely the wrong direction and then rounded up all their hens and then came back because these guys were hunting right where the roost trees were so they figured the turkeys were going to come back eventually they just had to wait them out but while we were sitting there just like one car would pull up and stop and then another car pulled up and stop and then pretty soon yeah it was just a line of cars and a line of people and we're all watching this turkey hunt it was like being in a stadium it was like being at at a football game and instead of watching a football game from the nosebleeds we were watching a turkey hunt it was crazy i, I, must be, I, I think i was pretty much considered the drunk guy in the stadium because this other <laughs> young fella 
this other young fellow that came to join in on watching the hunt. Now, here's the damn thing. He's on the phone with the guy that's down in the blind. He's talking to the guy that's down turkey hunting. The old man is commentating. But if I said one word, the young guy would look at me and go, shh. So then I turned around and I walked away. I was going to go get a cup of coffee. I was walking and there's like a metal diamond grate on the bottom. And I hit that thing. And I thought, holy hell, it was going to break loose. This guy turned around and I thought he chop me up. It was, I mean, I mean, it was kind of loud. Yeah, I mean, there's cars and there's, you know, horns and slamming doors and people talking everywhere. And I think I was breathing too heavy. And this guy was just like, <laughs> what in the world is just going focused on, on you. It was, uh, oh, yeah. well, it, well, well the, I'm telling you what. <laughs> I think the biggest problem was, is the turkeys were not coming in. And I think everyone was getting frustrated because the turkeys weren't working. And what we realized later on is that there was just enough of a of a depression where the decoy was sit, was sitting that wherever these turkeys were, they couldn't see it. And finally, I think they had like 17 minutes left to go of legal shooting time. And finally, they're like, you need to grab the decoy and you need to go after him. You need to chase him. You need to get up on top of that little knob so they can see the decoy. And we're sitting there like, there's no way this is going to happen. It's it's over. It's it's not going to happen. And he starts crawling, just like, just crawling so slow. And we're like, there's no way. There's no way he's going to get this done. And he finally gets up just high enough. And those there's three toms. And they had the hens rounded up sufficiently, apparently. And all of a sudden, they saw that tail fan. And they went running as fast as they could towards him. And it was two of them, two younger ones, and then one bigger, older one. And he kind of hung back for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, he got pissed, and he took off running, and he sprinted right past the two younger ones. <laughs> and then all three of them were lined up. And our, from what we could see, all three of them were lined up when he shot. And I think he put a few pellets into one of them, but they all got up and flew away. And, uh, and <laughs> so, so essentially, he missed after all of that three hours of going through that. And what, what do you think he was at, 10, 15 yards? Probably, you know, his buddies were giving him hell because he kept, you know, going at, he kept crawling at the birds that were running right at him, I guess. I I wasn't focused on that part. I was focusing at the uh, the marathon runner, the little, the, the one that like sprinted across everybody. If, if you can picture me at like a hundred yard dash in the last 10 yards and like <laughs> really blowing past everybody to get to the finish line. That's what this bigger Tom in the back was. I mean, he was just weeble wobbling all the way past him just screaming and then he missed it was so sad <laughs> hey, what a, what a let down too after watching for forever three hours it's like watching a vikings oh. game and hey, then... getting yelled at i mean i'm gonna see if i can i'm gonna see if i can pull up the video real quick and share my screen uh, but so after talking to these guys and filming this whole thing, they uh, they said, hey, by the way, um, we're, you know, th we shoot a lot of turkeys. We hunt turkeys every day. We got a big group of guys every day. We're taking out another guy. Uh, if you want to come out Saturday morning, we got a pretty good spot. Um, and so 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 I decided to get up at 3 a.m. Saturday morning and then go film this turkey hunt. And uh, that one ended up going pretty well. All right, I'm gonna see if I, I can... think that might be the worst part. 3 a.m. Turkey hunting this time. 100. The... So. Any time of year, you get up so freaking early to go do it. Yeah, it's like you sit there for an hour, and it's ah, it's got to be like eight o'clock. Got to be almost breakfast time. It's 5:55. Yeah, <laughs> at least like you know, the early seasons. Go ahead. At least like the early seasons, like like us we're just coming off snow goose hunting where you're getting yeah. up a couple hours early anyway so it's you're kind of in that routine but uh, now not, it's not like really. 3 a.m wake yeah. up call sounds pretty terrible, terrible. awful <laughs> everything about it i would like awful. to shoot a turkey but no i would really like to sleep in <laughs> it's, it's fishing season <laughs> am i sharing my what screen over here can you really? see this no try harder what was that? Pat? It wasn't bad when we were in early in our twenties, and we just you know went straight from the bar. But now, it's, you know, exactly <laughs> like, what the hell am I doing? I'm in my early twenties, and I think it's terrible. You can't see it. No. On my no guest. It's not there. What are you you're seeing? It's just not. You're not sharing your screen. Okay. Cool. Oh, it's yeah. Okay. Anyway, keep talking. 
Okay. <laughs> right um, now, it's almost like you're, you have the knowledge of Patrick trying to pull things up. <laughs> well, we do this every week professionally. Normally, I'm the one pulling it up. So Maybe I guess I'm hosting. No, I'm going to host the show now. So this is my radio I don't show. Know why this won't work. <laughs> Perfect. You look better, anyways. I agree. We're out of things to talk about, though. We so are. That's the problem. Well, no, we're not. We're not out of. You notice how he said that he got invited to go hunting. Apparently, I, I was too loud because I. Didn't <laughs> yeah, you just hang out in the hotel room. You know, we're just going to go kill kill a couple birds. They just you thought you would want to sleep in. Yeah. 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 I mean, were they wrong? <laughs> the thought of a 3 a.m. No, wake-up no, no, call. No, I <laughs> I'm going to put it on your desktop over there, Dan. Okay, that's... Pull it up. God, you're going to make my life tricky here. Yeah, sorry about it. <laughs> well, don't complain about what I'm doing then. Well, you're, what you're doing is not working. What we're why. doing is working. We're having a great time. Why don't yeah. you stay over there in La La Land and we'll keep doing the show? I hope majority of the people are going to be watching this because if they're listening to it and, you know, trying to see what you're putting on, it probably is working better for them. Well, that's why it's still a radio show. <laughs> My screen share is definitely not working. Nope, it's not. Can we just, tell, can we, can we just do a play-by-play -play and they can visualize it? It's almost about the same as you pulling it up right now. I it's think like, we already did that part. It, it's like a oh, pretty no, home we, companion. Well, the sec well, yeah, I'm just trying to pull up the first one. The second one... Second one we'll deal with later. <laughs> the decision I got to make is how much of this gets edited out or left right. in. I think it should all be left in because I think it's hilarious that Brett's struggling. We're well, having a great time. I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't know why it's not working. I'm hitting We're all enjoying you, you sound like the guy who's trying to give a presentation up in front of everybody at, now, at a conference and just the projector stops working. So you're looking at my FaceTime uh, input, right? Not the camera one? to see where my screen share is? It should be showing up in the side of my little toolbar <laughs> thing here. It's definitely not working. Well, we're looking at you. Oh. Nobody needs to look at me. I'm, I'm telling you, I know where it would show up, but it's not showing up. Hmm. So did you give your computer access to your everything? I think so. Did you give Ecamm access to everything? Yeah. Are you on mute? I am, I am muted. Does that make a difference? I don't shouldn't. That, that was just my <laughs> that was my Zoom joke. You know, everyone on a Zoom call these days is like, "Hey, you're on mute." They forget. Is it on my desktop yet? Do I have to? Yeah, try to find it's on it your now? desktop. Oh, okay. It's been on your desktop. Well, you could have said time. that. I did. You said I'm going to put it on your desktop, yeah, and I was like, still I was still hosting the show while you were seconds. doing with that. Okay, so you, you go mean, back. You had a second pair of gloves the whole time. The whole time. Well, yeah. The rookie. <laughs> All right, so you go back to hosting the show. All right. I'm going to find the thing. Okay, you good Big luck. Big gulp, huh? All right. <laughs> so, so Pat Calmerton is our guest right now. He's Thank you for joining us. Do that. If you're just tuning in. <laughs> yeah, let's, hey, don't, let's, don't, mind, don't mind me, guys. You just find your video. I'm going to warn you. You might all disappear while I do this. Oh, oh good. Great. Well, maybe not, actually. Hang on. Just do your thing. Talk, right. Do the show. So, Pat, I, we'll come back to the turkey thing, but <laughs> let's talk about you. You live in southwest Wisconsin, but you do some guiding. You've done some guiding uh, over on Lake Michigan. You spend some time on the big lake over there. Yeah, I've, I've spent a lot of time on the lake. It's one of them where, you know, we've been, since I've been 12 years old, I've been running big bloats out on Lake Michigan, salmon fishing, trout fishing, stuff like that. And, uh chasing some brown trout and skinny water all the way up to the tributaries to Lake Michigan and fly fishing during the spring and fall, uh, going up into the bay, you know, up on the bay. We, we've uh, chased. What do you got going on over there? I don't know. We can see a wave. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. All you do is this. I think I've got the video. Right it's almost like the kids at the lighthouse waving as you go by. There's, oh, there's Dan. Hi, guys. Little Johnny in the back of the room. But, uh, Lake Michigan, uh, I spent a lot of time out there. You know, calm days, rough days, storms, and sunny. You know, it's one of them where she could have some hair on her teeth, and if you piss her off, she's going to make it known. But... Uh, yeah, Lake Michigan, man. I've, I've been running out there. Let's see here. So I've been 30 years of playing out on that lake and up on the Bay of Green Bay. I've helped a couple of charter services and guide services, doing some layout hunts for for uh, some diving ducks. I've 
fish walleyes and muskies. I've fished tournaments on both of them, fished salmon tournaments. I've spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time. And when I say over 30 years, I am not exaggerating where I could probably say that out of uh, at least 12, if you took those 30 years and condensed them down to uh, 12, 13 years, you could say 15 hours a day, seven days a week during the months from uh, mid-May through mid-October, I was on that body of water. Now, and I know so, you spent you spent a lot of time in boats, which is why I wasn't worried when you showed up at Horicon in a flat bottom with an outboard. And when we kept telling everybody, you know, hey, we want to get on the water, we want to do some things. So like, well, what kind of motor do you got on there? And you're like, ah, I, whatever, yeah. 25 horse outboard, whatever it was, and they're both, they all outboard. You know, they all kind of side-eyed each other. And there was one time where I think both of us thought we might be, uh, we might be push pulling it for a little while. Oh, that thing was winding. I mean, that that, <laughs> that, uh, that water, she was screaming with everything she had. When you're going at 23 miles an hour and up in front of you, you could see that water pushing. You know you're coming up to mud. And at that point, if you let off, you're going to be. We kept on her. That, that motor was just screaming. She was spitting nothing but pure mud. And, you know, we had a stretch there about 300 yards. And when we came off of it, that motor went, yeah. I'm not exaggerating either and we both looked at each other going oh no we're a long ways up in here and uh, we we pulled her once and she was a little tight pulling and I'm going oh and then after that she pulled beautifully and then we got the hell out of there so yeah we uh, I was scared I'm not gonna lie (laughs) well we were we were just like, you know, kind of, it was big and wide for a while, and then it started to get shallow, and then there was a river channel in the middle, and you could kind of bounce back and forth into this river channel, and there'd be openings in the cattails, so we'd be running, all of a sudden, Pat be like, <laughs> and we'd cut through the cattails, and be like, all right, I'm just going to brace myself just for a second here, and we'd rip through there just fine, and then we decided to go down that little stretch, and, I, and all of a sudden, I could just see like a mud flat along the side of us, and a bunch of shorebirds, and I'm like, this is, this is not going to end well. And uh, you just kept her pinned and, and just ripped her right through there. And you're, I mean, when you're up on plane like that, we're, we can go through some pretty skinny water with that boat. Oh yeah, 0. 0.6. I mean, majority majority of that marsh when we're running, um, you know, flat bottom with the, the 25 Merc on there. And I, I think at one point you turned around and you said, 23, I'm going not fast enough. <laughs> 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 you need more speed to get over this one, but. You know, for for the longest time uh, growing up, I I was like a lot of people. You know, I didn't have the funds, or my dad didn't have the funds to go get these big fancy marsh boats, and you know, get the uh, matter of fact. When I was starting out hunting on the Sheboygan Marsh, we would go up and stay at the campground at Broughton's Marsh up at Sheboygan, and we'd have a 1949 Shell Lake old wooden laugh boat, just like old Richardson. And my dad would have a 99 Evan route on the back of that. And that's the days that we had an old uh, 24 foot Tioga camper and we would go up there for a week. And that was our deer camp. You know, dad was, he was always working deer season and stuff. So duck season is very close and dear to my heart. And that's where my time was spent up on the marsh system where, you know, during the morning you would go out and feed the dog and get things ready. and. And uh, then my brother and myself would be up in the, the peak of this old 1949 Shell Lake. I could send you pictures and, and stuff like that. It was, that's where I, that's where I was raised. And, you know, it, it got to the point where, you know, over the years, that's what I hunted out of forever. And we would, we would wax the ducks at night and pluck them and stuff like that, where nobody does that anymore. You know, nobody heats the wax and plucks them out and has full birds. Now you take the breast and the, and the legs and you're done. But, um, you know, that boat is what I hunted out of all the way through high school. That is what we, I had access to. So I had a wooden laugh boat with a 9-9 up in the marsh systems. And as long as you were on plane, you're fine. If you weren't on plane, you were sucking duckweed and, you know, you get, and all of a sudden you, you'd hit that duckweed and it wasn't getting... <laughs> It would just squeal up, and we had the same thing out on on uh, Horicon there, you know, for 
at the beginning, I was like, once we're on plan, we'll be good. He kept turning around like, yeah, sure we will. <laughs> yeah, sure we will. We're going to be out here for all day. And one, I mean, once you're up on plane, you can go through anything. Reading that marsh, growing up with my father and shooting the uh, shooting the old herder decoys with my BB gun, and if a red winged blackbird came in, we're close to us, man. I, my target practice was getting good. <laughs> but going through this marsh and looking at aerial photography, now we have the accessibility of Google Earth or Onyx or any of these, you know, aerial photos that are somewhat current but yet you know you still are able to read the you know the river channels and everything else and you know these pockets are where all your wildlife live they're not going to be on the main channel they're going to be tucked away they're going to be in shelter they're they're sitting back in the pockets and that's where you know i was hoping that we'd come across there and bust out 500 ballards that were sitting out of it it never happened i mean um but during the fall, we certainly fall, would have. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, bet. Certainly. You know, a lot of that waterfowl there and, you know, breeding pairs and kind of split up and spread out a little bit. But we definitely saw a lot of teal. There were mallards out there, a ton of Canada geese, of course, and uh, and, the, and pelicans and cormorants and, and some of the other birds you find in a marsh like that. One of the more interesting things I thought was we were we weren't getting too far out there, but we were out in it enough, and I thought we were coming up on an island and it didn't look like much of an island. It was just kind of like a riprap shoreline with with short grass on top of it. So maybe it was burned recently and maybe it was a peninsula. I don't know from what from where we our vantage point, it looked like an island and there was a sign on it. And I had to zoom in and use the, bino the binoculars or the camera or something. And it said uh, archery only, no firearms allowed. So <laughs> it, it must be someplace that people take a boat to to deer hunt, I guess, out in the marsh. I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was kind of neat. And uh, and I agree with you about the the, the plucking and uh, waxing. We don't wax them anymore, but we do pluck all our waterfall now. And uh, we, we used to wax geese when I was a kid, but it, but back then you, you shot, only shot a couple. Now, you know, now one a day. you shoot a limit of 30 geese or something. It's like, well, do we, what are you guys doing for the next couple of days? <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, but our mallards, our ducks for sure, teal and mallards, they all get plucked, and um, we pluck whenever we can. All right, Pat, I think we got that turkey video. Okay, here we go. Moment of truth. No. And then, uh, yeah, I think no, it's happening. Is this really happening? Hang on. Here it go. Here it is. <laughs> yes. Oh, there it is. messed up the wing a little bit but he got away pretty healthy but uh it was that was pretty wild to watch <laughs> anyway there you go i hope you stuck around for the video <laughs> hopefully it was worth it well, all right pat. Oh, all right pat well i'm looking we're gonna go back out there and do some filming again in the fall uh there's some some amazing waterfall hunting in there out there i'm looking forward to that of course we'll see in bemidji too at the aglow conference uh, coming up in yep. September. And then uh, you're going to be doing a little bit of guiding out on uh, Lake Michigan this summer. If people want to maybe jump in a boat with you or, or maybe just get out and do some fishing on Lake Michigan with your uh, with your company there, what should they do? Yeah, you can go to the Facebook Wolfpack Adventures. You can find us out on the uh, web, the old websites of uh, wolfpackadventures.com. You can call, you know, the 
207-1212 is a booking number, 920-207-1212. Talk to Jared, figure out uh, when Patrick's going to be in town and we'll be able to go fishing. I know June, first weekend, third weekend, fourth weekend, they'll be there um, playing on the boats, and July and August is going to be just as busy. So it's one of them where it's time to go fishing. You know, the, the coals are coals are showing up in really good numbers. The kings are starting to show up already, which is pretty early. So I'm excited for the season, to be honest with you. This spring, I mean, this spring, the steelhead fishing was fantastic on the, on the water. And, you know, the salmon salmon run the last few years up into the river system was crazy. So if you like, a, if you like, if you like fly rods and fighting a 30-pound salmon on a fly rod, it's a 45-minute 40, battle that you're not going to want to, you know, turn the other way on. Dang. Well, I've never fished over there. One of these days, I'm going to have to get over there and do some fishing with you, Pat. Uh, in the meantime, we'll see you here soon, and thanks for the time today on the show. Sounds good. Appreciate it, fellas. Good luck this uh, this year. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties. All in the palm of your hand. The number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. Devil's Lake is legendary, and this summer has been legendary for walleyes. Don't miss out. Call Haybell Heights Campground and Resort today to book one of their modern cabins on East Bay. The cabins are furnished with a full bathroom, kitchen, and all the amenities like high-speed internet and are clean following CDC guidelines. Staying at Haybell Heights gives you full access to a private boat launch, fish cleaning station, and beach area. Learn more at haybellheights.com. That's haybellheights.com. Plan your trip to legendary Devil's Lake today. Did you know there are more than 1,000 lakes in Ottertail County? Yep, and I'm going to fish as many as I can. I'm an outdoorsy otter. Nothing beats a full day of fishing for me. The lakes of Ottertail County give me plenty of options to lower my boat and snag the perfect catch. Not an outdoorsy otter? No problem. Ottertail County has something for everyone. You just need to find your inner otter. To find your inner otter, go to ottertaillakescountry.com. Now it's time to head up to Lake of the Woods to check in with Joe Henry from Lake of, Wo- Lake of the Woods Tourism. Joe, how you doing, man? I, you know, I'm doing well, but I notice of uh, four, four of us on this uh, call, I'm the only one who doesn't have a beard. Am I missing something? <laughs> Catch up, Joe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> I wish I could grow one. Maybe I'd, I'd join you guys. <laughs> well, to me, it's just like added sunscreen, sun protection in the summer when you're out in the boat, and then in the winter, it's just extra insulation to keep you warm out there. Well, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, naturally, if you're an outdoors, an outdoors man in this case, an outdoors person, but I'd say an outdoors man, you know what? You're probably going to have that scruffy beard that, you know, it, it's kind of fits the look. You know, I'm, I'm representing all, all the people that are clean cut that still get out in the outdoors. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. David and David, that beard's getting a little big again. Yeah, I got to trim it. It's got to be hot. It's no, it's not bad. It was 83 degrees and you were doing some home demo and I mean, you had to be sweating in there. I don't even notice it anymore. Wow. I do have to be careful when I trim it though. Weird tan lines. (laughs) 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 That'd be a big white patch on my neck. (laughs) Well, and to be honest, Joe, I, when I fish now, I just go with the whole uh, buff deal. I have face covering. I, uh, I'm all about trying to, trying to keep the, the weird tan lines and the melanoma and everything else uh, at bay. So I'm all about covering all up and, I, and I'm excited for summer fishing. I've, I've got the itch. I haven't, I, I was spent last weekend, the opener in Wisconsin filming at Horicon Mars. So I didn't get to do any fishing yet. Dan went on like a five or six day uh, road trip in Northern Minnesota where he, well, he spent a couple of days on Lake of the Woods, didn't you Dan? Spent some time at Lake of the Woods and let me tell you the vibe up there, people are having fun. They're having fish fries, they're catching big fish. You can just feel everyone's got a little spring in their step now that that opener's here. It was uh, even just hanging out at the bar, listening to the groups talk about their day fishing was was just a lot of fun, let alone the fishing itself. Did you get out for opener, Joe? I did, yeah. You know what? I have to say, though, I, I didn't make it on my favorite lake, Lake of the Woods. Uh, you know, we've had a, a family fishing contest called the Henry Fishing Classic. You know, it ends up being about uh, 12 or so people, just family, nephews, brothers, things like that. But we've had it for more than four decades. So uh, I, pr- I uh, participated in that again. And uh, great, great tradition, great family stuff. Uh, 
really, uh, really neat. And, uh, you know, we, uh, it's so funny back in the day, I mean, I was so freaking fired up to go fishing at midnight and I'd go fishing at, you know, 1201. Right. But I'd get out there and fish all the way through to 5 PM. Well, now I, uh, I have a couple beverages a night with my family and hang out and, uh, you know, get out at, uh, when I want to get out in the morning, <laughs> it's no big deal. I fish hard when I'm out there, but very nice time. It's it, it, part of the Minnesota fishing or part tradition. And my tradition of fishing so hard has shifted a little bit to more family oriented and stuff at this stage of the game. It sounds like Lake of the Woods fishing where you don't have to get up real early. Banker's hours. Well, yeah. yeah, banker's <laughs> hours. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, for, for people that don't know, you know, Lake of the Woods with that stained water, you don't have to get out at the crack of dawn. Those fish will bite all day long. And that's why it's because we have that tint in our water and all that all that relates to with those walleyes they're opportunistic right instinctively the a fish will spend as little energy as possible getting a meal and you know with those walleyes and their their eyesight they can see in low light conditions they can sneak up on their prey and you know with that little with that stained water it's uh sure makes it nice doesn't it, you guys you don't have to get out there at five and no, it's great well and i know the weather wasn't exactly the best for the opener around Minnesota. There was some rain, some wind, uh, not not the nicest days overall. But I but I heard people caught fish up there, Joe. Yeah, we did. We caught a lot of fish. Um, it's been really, really good. In fact, it was funny because I put the fish report out and I, I had a say in there, but it's true. You know, um, walleyes are being caught anywhere from three feet of water to 30 feet of water, you know, and, and literally. And, and I saw some boats uh uh, Kurt Quinnell, um, who's a guide up at Lake of the Woods, did a lot of YouTube videos. He did a he did a video, and part of his video, he was jigging in three feet of water, kind of by the Morris Point Gap, where a lot of other boats were too, and they were whacking them. You know, you set that hook, and that fish is almost out of the water. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I started watching that video. I didn't get to make it all the way through, but I saw him talking about his uh, his cool cool looking pole thingy. I think is what he called. I think he was using a some sort of forward facing sonar, and uh, I thought that was pretty funny. I saw that on there, and it looked like they caught Kurt's some fish. Kurt's a good guy, you know. I, uh, um, I, before Kurt retired to his cabin up on Long Point of Lake of the Woods, he, you know, did radio in Thief River Falls, and I was on his radio show every, I think it was every Monday morning at six a.m. every single week for for a number of years. So now we stole you. <laughs> I, well, I, bet, I tell you one thing, it's not 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I bet you're glad you don't have to do it at 6 a.m. anymore. Aren't um, you happy? I don't do it at 6 a.m. either. That's, that's part of that's, that's, All the people listening at 6 a.m. right now, are, their minds are exploding. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is pre-recorded. <laughs> pre-recorded at uh, 1 in the afternoon, actually. Uh, that's the beauty of having my own show. I can set my own hours. Because a lot of the stations, they want you there early in the morning on like a Saturday or a Sunday morning. Five, could you be here at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning and do the show? No, <laughs> no, nope. we're going to pre-record it and then you can air it at 5 a.m. if you want to. But um, so you, you know, Joe, one of the cool things about your job is you get to fish, you get to talk fishing a lot, but you get to meet some interesting people, too. And you hosted somebody from the Netherlands this weekend. Yeah. So, you know, Explore Minnesota Tourism had reached out and they had a so they, they work really hard on uh, um, all sorts of tourism marketing. And, and part of it is international tourism marketing. And they had an opportunity to get somebody um, to come for the governor's fishing opener and then do kind of a fam tour, familiarization tour of Minnesota fishing. And one of the stops was going to be um, central. You know, it was going to be, <clears throat> they had a whole set thing and they, they'd call me and ask me, hey, Joe, we got this guy who's with the largest fishing magazine in Europe. Would you take him fishing? I said, oh, man, absolutely. So it was Sunday of the opening weekend. So what I did is I... Uh, and I'm taking him out fishing, and uh, oh my gosh, we had a hoot. He, good guy. He's a guide. Uh, Johan Struh is his name, and he's with Beat Magazine, B-E-E-T. Now, my understanding is, and I I'm, I'm, I don't know Dutch, but um, my understanding is it's almost like bait. It's almost like bait, you know, in, in translation. Oh, okay. But Beat Magazine, it's the largest magazine in, uh, in Europe for fishing. And he himself is a guide. He targets giant catfish over there which get hmm. to be as long as 10 feet long. And then he also uh, targets Xander, which is a cousin to the walleye. Yeah, big, like like big walleyes. They get big perch over there, big walleyes. And some of the pike uh, I've seen over there are just uh, just chunkers, big fish. But catfish, is that that's a different kind of catfish over so there too, isn't Wells, it? Wells. Wells catfish. catfish. Okay. Um, and what, and the funny thing is, now, Brent, you'll get a kick out of this. I know you use a uh, live scope, Garmin, but, you know, he, so he was telling me the story. He said, uh, 
he, uh, he uses Garmin LiveScope religiously looking for those big fish. And he said, you know, when, uh, when he first heard of LiveScope coming out, he wanted to be the first one in, in Europe as an angler to have LiveScope. Hmm. And he contacted the, the, the pro, the, the rep for Garmin. He said, man, our, our pros have to get them first, Johan. We can't do anything. So Johan, what he did is he, uh, he looked on the Internet, found one at Cabela's in America and ordered it. And he had it, and he was putting videos out before the pros over there. <laughs> so I don't think they like that too much. They said, oh, that's cool. In fact, I was using this product before they even had it in their hands. That's and, awesome. Uh, he was quite the character, you know. And uh, it was cool, though, because, you know, we were fishing together, and we caught a lot of fish. And, uh, you know, he'd be like, fish on, fish on, you know. And uh, it, w- w- towards the end of the day, it was we, we clicked real well, you know. And it was just it was real evident that we were cut of the same cloth. It's just that we lived in different parts of the planet. And, you know, he... They, they had some of the same issues over there with some people not wanting people to fish because it's 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 cruel to the fish, you know, and, and just a, a lot of the same stuff that we deal with here. Really a great, great guy. I mean, if you met Johan, you're like, man, what a, what a good dude down to earth, you know, and and he's a fishing guide. And then he he happened to get this gig with a magazine. And then the magazine said, hey, Johan, how would you like to do a little bit of traveling for us? And he's traveled to many different countries on behalf of the magazine. And of course, now we had a chance to come to uh, to America. That's pretty cool. And that, you know, that live scope, I'll tell you what, we saw some pretty cool things on that live scope when we were on the Rainy River, Joe, with sturgeon. Uh, and seeing a big sturgeon on the live scope was pretty neat. And watching one, I, you know, I filmed Dan fighting a sturgeon on walleye gear, and I filmed the live scope watching him bring the sturgeon up and down and watching the sturgeon swimming down at the bottom. And Dan's just like, ah. Oh. How long am I going to have to do this? But we just watched a Jay Siemens video and he was down in Florida and he was in, he was in a kayak, but he was tarpon fishing and he was sharp shooting them on, on live scope and oh, cool. seeing a sturgeon, a big sturgeon on live scope, I thought was pretty cool. But seeing those tarpon on there was, uh, was really wild. So man, that live scope just changes the game. It's a lot of fun. Well, imagine Johan, you know, he's, he's targeting those 10 uh, foot long catfish. They, they can get as big as 10 feet long, but what? he's targeting really, Ten yeah, feet? Ten feet long. Ten feet long. Wow. They're massive. So yeah. So he I mean they're 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 huge, you know, and but he's targeting these real big fish. And then, you know, Xander, you know, in Xander he said he was trying to explain how big Xander get, and I think, you know, as a rule, around thirty six inches is what he was talking about. And man. Uh, but I mean uh, you know, and it just it's just an interesting guy and you know, we, we sure hit it off good. We uh, had a couple beverages together after fishing, went to dinner with with uh, a representative from Explore Minnesota Tourism, I had a real nice time and uh, just a, a good dude. It was funny. Uh, one of the one of the places we went um, to have a beer, uh, it just so happened that they had some um, people from the ne- some farmers from the Netherlands there that were doing some work here in the United States, and they were there the night before, and they're regulars in that little bar. And uh, um, we, the bartender told, I know the owner, and he said. Hey, in fact, if you look in the parking lot, I got a parking sign that says Dutch parking only. Oh, man, <laughs> man got all excited, and he, uh, he had to go take a picture of it. He's like, hey, this is going to end up in the magazine. That's cool. All <laughs> right, Joe. Well, if people want to get a trip planned up there this summer uh, to Lake of the Woods, the Rainy River, or start thinking about, you know, further trips down the road, uh, what should they do to get more info? You know what, fish are biting? Check out our website. It's lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Sporting Journal Radio is a division of Macaba LLC. If you've got a question, comment, or story idea for us, send us an email. Go to sportingjournalradio.com. While you're there, you can learn how to advertise on the show and visit our store for hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. Go to sportingjournalradio.com.